Welcome to episode 12 with Scoot Talk Sports. I'm excited to be joined by Matteo Debrien, a uh, professional footballer for Valor FC in the Canadian Premier League. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, obviously, lots to talk about. There's a lot going on with Valor season, a lot of games to play, but I thought it would be a nice opportunity to reach out, get to know you a little bit. Uh, lots of people are chatting about you as your career is growing. But I think my first question, you know, going back to Ottawa, growing up in Ottawa, what was your first memory? Of sports was it was it football or was it something else was it hockey you know growing up in this country <laughs> uh, honestly it was a mix of both I remember I think I started soccer before I did hockey uh I was doing timbits with uh my older sister who's just a year older than me Isabella I was doing it with her at the time but hockey was always a big thing for me because you know my dad used to play hockey and soccer and then my mom used to play football and rugby and so you know I had a lot of different sports thrown at me and my parents let me try whichever ones I wanted to and you know from there it was always hockey and soccer but then it got to a point where I had to decide which one was going to be the one that I or that I felt you know was the right direction and actually it was my parents who, who took the, the route for me I was about to go to double A tryouts uh, for hockey which is a pretty high level for I believe it was Adam at the time and but I had my last soccer game of the season so my dad's like, you know, we're committed to one thing first. So I stuck to soccer. And then from there, soccer just started taking off, which, you know, honestly, I'm thankful for that, uh, the thought that he gave. A little nudge in the right direction, I suppose. Hey, I think that's it. Yeah. So what attracted you to, like, what was what some of the favorite parts of soccer when you played, like, young, when you remember? What really attracted you to it? Was it, uh, you know, a certain position, certain type of play, or just being on the ball? Honestly, one thing that started it for me was friendships on the team. You know, when you're young, you, you, you meet a lot of different people and, you know, you don't go to school with them. So it was just one of those things where you just bond with people. But at the same time, you know, you don't, I, I just feel personally that you don't just play soccer to play soccer. There, there's a little push in the back of your heart that says, you know what, this is something I want to do. And for me growing up, you know, my parents actually introduced me to Messi. You know, one day I see on YouTube, uh, Lionel Messi highlights and stuff like that. And I'm like, wow, this guy is good. And then from there, it just kind of, my love for the sport just really jumped because, you know, you idolize people at such a young age. And I think that's what pursued me to continue in the sport. It's interesting that you mentioned that because my first, my next question actually was, did you have a sporting hero growing up? So was it Messi or was that just sort of one of the big players that was put in front of you? That was actually the first big name player that ever stuck to me, I think. Um, I started off as an Arsenal fan because my coach at the time was an Arsenal fan. He bought me an Arsenal jersey. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's my team. But, you know, the more you watch soccer, the more everything changes over. But uh, Barcelona at the time, you know, when you, yeah, you had such an incredible team, you know, it was just Messi was doing such big things. And even to this day, he's still doing a lot. But he was just one of those players that I idolized in terms of the way he moves the ball, the way he stays on the ball, the way he doesn't go down, he doesn't dive. And stuff like that. And I try to recreate all that stuff. I try to stay on my feet as much as I can, and, you know, hit the ground running. Love that. So based on kind of what I was able to dig up, you started, as you mentioned, kind of young in soccer, Ottawa South United. You were mm -hmm. part of their program for many, many years, you know, I think up to 2016. What was some of your memories of Ottawa South United? You talked about, you know, friendships, you know, was there any people there that had a big impact for you when you were there? Uh Honestly, uh, there's a lot of coaches there who had faith in me from a young age and, you know, they gave me the opportunity to always jump a level and, you know, play with the guys a year older or even sometimes two years older, which was pushing my limits. And, you know, the fact that they had that faith and belief in me really, you know, helped me in, in my progress, I think, especially when 
know, I'd be staying after training sessions just to do a little bit more. I wanted to make sure that I was one step ahead. And these coaches were always there to help me. You know, they, they didn't feel like, okay, you know what? My training session's done. I'm going home now. They would stay and they would actually help me with that with a few other players as well. But even great relationships growing up with uh, a bunch of my teammates, you know, we just had great link-ups and stuff like that. And there was a, a time period where we almost had the same age group, the same players for, I think, four years straight. So the fact that I got to play with some of my best friends for, for that long yeah. in, in a row before everybody started doing their own thing, you know, it really, really, uh, it was a great uh, enjoyment for me. Yeah, that really resonates with me. I mean, I obviously didn't get to the professionals, but I remember the years I was able to play with my friends the most, like even though each of us went in different directions, you know, some of us bigger, some of us out those years where we actually got to play together or even sometimes play against each other was the ones that I remembered the most. I see you did a little bit of the uh, under 14 teams for Ontario. You played for the province. What was that experience like? Was, was that something that you were driving for or was it something unexpected that sort of came your way based on your performance? Well, at the time, we were in a league called OPDL. I'm pretty sure it's still a, a thing now as well in, in Ontario. But uh, yeah, I mean, once that uh, started for us, I think it was U12 or no, U13, U14. That's when Team Ontario became a thing for my age group, at least, because normally it was the people above me because uh, of age. But yeah, that, that was always a sight for me. You know, just to be able to represent uh, my province was something incredible. And obviously, you know, it's great competition. Ontario, I would say, is one of the strongest lead, like provinces in Canada for football right now. And I just felt that, you know, if I can manage to get myself in this age group here, you know, it's really going to do a lot for me. And I, I think it did uh, a lot of positives for me. So kind of looking back at that academy experience, you know, we'll, we'll get into some of these other trials and stuff, but you know, what was your favorite aspects when you were playing for, you know, football or soccer at that age? Like, did you have a favorite position or, or kind of a way to play? Like, what what was your favorite moments um, when you actually got out there and played a game? You know, all that training, all that work went into it. Do you just love being on the ball or was there something else that you enjoyed? I just feel like I'm a player with a lot of energy. And so I always love getting involved in the play, regardless of it being an attacking or a defensive phase where, you know, I'm trying to run back and make a, make a huge tackle or, you know, I'm trying to win a ball higher up the field. I'm just trying to Obviously, I think everybody loves being on the ball. Me personally, I love being on the ball. I try to give the ball and get it right back. I try to always move around for the players just to create options and stuff like that. And that's been something that over the uh, over my career so far, you know, it hasn't been uh, very long. But, you know, I've had coaches and teammates who have been there to help me as well. So I've always been able to work with different groups of people, and I think it's been uh, it's been working. So question for you because again you know younger career as you mentioned it's just sort of the beginning right you're listed as a defender on wikipedia which i actually thought was a little shocking based on what i've seen you play here in in, in winnipeg did you prefer being like were you a defender before or were you sort of like just slotted wherever you knew you could help out i mean when i played at when, when i played my whole career in in ottawa and stuff like that i was a left winger or a right winger or a striker. I was one of the three. Um, but when I moved to Whitecaps, I had Robert Earnshaw, um, a Welsh international, who was our head coach. And he saw me more as a left back or a left wing back more so that I can get involved in the play in the fence because that was more of my forte, he, he, he thought. And from there, for my four years that I was at Whitecaps, they had me fluctuating between the position of left wing and left back. So it helped me with a, a different type of versatility. But, you know, I still found that... Uh, when I went to Carleton, striker wasn't my favorite position because I hadn't played it in a while because I went from left wing left back to 
striker, but it was a position that obviously, you know, I had people around me who, who helped me a lot and, and I learned a lot from it. But, you know, when I originally signed for Valor, I signed as a left back because Feldo Santos, who was the coach at the time at Whitecaps when I was in the academy, I was also left back. So I feel like there was a part to play there as well. But in uh, training camp, players get moved around all over the place and stuff like that. And I just managed to get moved up top. And from there, I, I guess there was a little bit of a spark, which has given me the opportunity to, uh, you know, be where I am today. It's really interesting to hear. I, I love that because, you know, watching you play up front, at least, you know, the last uh, the last season or so, you look very comfortable up top. And so um, seeing Defender there, I was like, really? Oh, I didn't realize, you know, because you do look very confident on the ball, especially this season. Just getting into a little bit of your trials, because there was a few mentions on there I thought were kind of interesting. So it, it seemed that Ottawa South United had a relationship with Dallas Texans, SC, and you actually got a chance yes. to go over and trial with Real Madrid. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. yeah so what that was is because it was the affiliation there, um, there was three guys went down to Madrid. It wasn't with Real Madrid Academy. It was with the Dallas Texans, but it was basically like a trial where they're going to pick a player here and there uh, to get involved with the Academy or come back for a trial with the actual, you know, Madrid Academy. And that was my first time, I think, away from home because I was in a whole different country and stuff like that. But, Honestly, it was an incredible experience. We had, you know, I had my Jim Lianos, who was the, the, he's one of the big managers of the club, Ottawa South United, and he's got a good relationship with the Dallas Texans. And, you know, he gave me the opportunity to go there. It was with a, a group of year older than me as well. So it was a challenge for sure, but it was something that I'll never forget. You know, the, just to get to see the training facilities and see, you know, if you work hard, this is what you can get in the future. And so all this stuff really motivated me to continue what I'm doing. It's interesting you mentioned that that kind of seeing the levels, right? I, I was lucky enough to interview Fisk uh, last year, and he mentioned, you know, seeing levels. You know, you get confident with yourself, you're feeling really good, and then you go to another training or a trial, and you see that next level, right? And yeah. it's it's just like it's motivating. It brings you that that energy to be like, I can do, I can do this. I'm going to get to that level. Um, mm -hmm. Speaking of trials, you did add one with crew uh, as well in in the UK, um, and that was in I think 2016. How did that come around? Um, so actually, uh, I was with the 2001 age group, the 2001 OPL OSU age group, and every year the uh, I think it's the U14 age group they go down to uh, to England for two weeks or so, and we do a bunch of. Uh, friendlies against you know pro clubs and stuff like that and just tour around and my uh, Paul Harris was actually now back at uh, Crew Alexandra he's actually the technical director now he you know he just pulled me a guy named Antonio Carlini who plays on TFC2 and Luca Nicastro who goes to uh, Bonavital um, not in Winnipeg but it's a, a university NCAA and we had an opportunity to travel there and I I honestly, I think I made the most of it. It was a great opportunity for me to showcase myself with, you know, the European talent. And I, I think it, it went extremely well. I'd say it wasn't more so a trial. I'd say it was more so just an opportunity to train and, you know, see the level. But honestly, it was a, an experience that I'll never forget. Yeah, just kind of cool reading those little tidbits. And even if it's, you know, not an official trial or you're kind of going out there and seeing the levels, it's it must be, um, you know, coming from Canada where, you know, it, quite hockey first when it comes to a lot of things yeah. and facilities so when you go overseas and you see that that kind of it's football it's everywhere soccer is everything um pretty cool um 
so yeah, I joined the Academy, the Whitecaps, I guess, around that same time. Um, was it before or after that trial, or I guess somewhere around there that you'd joined the Whitecaps Academy? What were some of your strongest memories when you were at the Whitecaps Academy? You talked a little bit that Santos was there at the same time and connections back and forth. But uh, what's your biggest memories from the Whitecaps Academy? What did you learn when you were there? I think I had to learn how to become an independent person at a very young age. I think that's one thing that I'll, you know, I thank my parents for, for giving me that opportunity for letting me move away at such a young age. But I think it's just the fact that one, I had to teach myself a lot of different things at such a young age, how to you know, make sure I'm on time to make sure that I'm eating the right foods to make sure I'm recovering, to make sure I'm getting the right amount of sleep. You know, this is not stuff that people tell you to do anymore. It's stuff you had to figure out yourself to make sure that you're a professional or if you want to be a professional one day, you got to do it yourself. But then after that came, you know, putting in the work every single day at training and, you know, year after year, it was just, you know, it's difficult. You know, I got to admit it, it was difficult, but it was quite a journey to say the least, especially I've never went to school with my teammates before and playing on the white caps. We all went to school together. So the fact that I'm around such a group and we bonded so well, is just, you know, it's an experience that like, it was something I wish I had when I was younger, but the fact that I was able to get it now and I was able to go to school with my friends and play with my friends and be with them a lot, you know, I think that really helped me coast through my four years. It's interesting because I've it, being from Winnipeg, a lot of the connections for players end up in the Whitecaps Academy, right? And so you hear a lot of yeah. the stories of that camaraderie that's built where you're around these people, your your teammates, your friends, 24 hours a day practically, right? So yeah. um so you're working through the Whitecaps Academy, you're learning, you're training. You end up signing with Atletico Ottawa in uh, July 2020. How did that opportunity or that initial signing or relationship with Atletico start? I know that you ended up not staying there, but what was that conversation like? Well, at the beginning of it, it was a factor of I was still at Whitecaps at the time. So, but this is also when COVID hit. So I had to come home anyways, because they're like, you know, we're not going to let you just stay here and potentially get stuck. We'll just send you home and stuff like that. So all the billet players or uh, players who weren't from uh, Vancouver, we all got to, to go back home. And from that point forward, it was again to a point where, you know, we were there for, for a little bit of time where I feel like decisions had to get, had to be made. And um, actually, Atletico Ottawa was training at the OSU training facility. And so I talked to Jim Lianos, who's the GM, and he managed to, you know, get me to train. I obviously had to ask permission from the Whitecaps to do that. And originally they said no, in which I had to actually ask them, okay, you know what? I've been there four years. I'm trying to think of my future and stuff like that. And then I asked for a release just so I can potentially pursue my career in something different, whether or not it was going to an NCAA school, which I had offers for, or potentially having an opportunity here. And, you know, from that point forward, I was able to train with Atletico Ottawa, who Fortunate enough, they gave me the opportunity to stay with them throughout the whole preseason. But they had originally told me, we don't plan on signing you. You're just a body to help us train for numbers and stuff like that. And I was okay with that. But obviously, trainings, I don't treat it like it's a training session. I treat everything like it's a game. So I made sure that I did everything I could to maybe see if there would be a spark in the, you know, in the tunnel. And fortunate enough, uh, a week or so before the trip down to PEI, they had offered me a contract. So all credit to the contacts that uh, Jim had to, to get me involved in that, especially you know, at such a, a rough time because COVID was going around. They only wanted a certain bubble together and stuff like that, but they, 
you know, trusted me and what I did and gave me the opportunity. That's very cool. It's interesting kind of hearing the background because a lot of that doesn't get talked about. It's just simply a line of you signed with someone and it doesn't usually tell the background story. So that's pretty interesting. So you're signed with Atletico in 2021. I guess you were continuing to play with Ottawa South United as part of that. Was it either alone or were you still contracted to Atletico or is it just a short signing? I was just trying to figure that out I've, when I was looking through it. After the season? Yeah. After the season, I was with, um, it's called the PLSQ, which is the uh, Quebec League One, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually, I only played one game uh, there. And then after that, I flew straight to Winnipeg uh, to play for FC Manitoba uh, during the summer. And that was the uh, 2021 Summer Series, right? Where it was that kind of Western Canada tour because the USL2, obviously, try- going across the border was going to be a problem uh, for FC Manitoba. Um, yeah, no, exactly. How did that come about? Did you have a relationship with someone within FC Manitoba? Like, it's always interesting being a Winnipeg kid myself, finding when people come from Ottawa or the East Coast or, you know, the West Coast and they end up in Winnipeg, which is, you know, we're, we're very self-deprecating here. Um, but how did, how did the FC Manitoba adventure uh, happen for you? So my agent's actually from Winnipeg. So... That really did, you know, a lot easier for me, especially with everything being locked down and like all the other provinces. But seeing that Manitoba was one of the only provinces that was actually a bit more free. Um, so it was actually very easy to get me here. But I was me and my my friend, Ryan Robinson, who now plays on Halifax. We were kind of like the test dummies. You know, they were going to see if it was worth bringing players in from other places to integrate with the team and stuff like that. And I think, uh, you know, it was a great jumpstart, uh, especially, you um, with the Garcia family who, you know, hosted us and everything like that, took us in and, you know, made sure we were, you know, comfortable. I think it was a great experience, especially with the connections that, you know, we have to my agent with here, with Valor. So it's just, it's been really good. Yeah, it seems like, uh, you know, that uh, that Winnipeg connection has really, has really come through for a lot of these decisions, for sure. Did you, uh, do you have any memories from that, that summer series? Was there anything really, really, uh, you know, memorable about that? Or was it sort of just continuing to grind, finding that improvement match to match as you moved along? So before I came, I had actually, the day before I flew, I, I had to call my, my Carlton coach and tell him, uh, hey, I'm going here for the summer. Uh, when do you want me back? Basically, when's preseason starting? And so I had to sign all the contracts and stuff like that to sign for the team. And then I flew and yeah, no, exactly when I got back, that's when everything started again. So it was just about the timing for it. But I think, yeah, it was a great, great decision as well because it really helped me prepare myself for the Carlton season because the level there was very high. All the players are more, you know, university players and stuff like that, even in U sports. So the level was always there. The competitivity is, is there as well as the, um, what's the word for it it's just you know they're all players who want to get better and I think that Manitoba is one of those provinces that are very slept on for for athletes because I think we have incredible talent here but it's very hard to showcase it with the lack of you know media that we have here you know that's really interesting you mentioned that because it's something that is even a Valor Valor supporters were quite connected to the local like but a lot of people don't realize how many clubs there are here and how many people are playing um and that there is quite an infrastructure you talk about fc manitoba and the leadership and the ownership there they're dedicated to what they do and i'm sure that they they're in it for the love of the game and in, in it for the love of the then for so than making it a business right um 
So right after that summer series, you ended up going back to Carlton to attend there. And like you mentioned, you prepared well. You obviously shows well anyway, uh, six goals in 10 appearances, getting the silver medal at the Nationals. You were also named as the OUA West Rookie of the Year, as well as the 2021 New Sports All-Rookie Team. So obviously, you talk a little bit about that FC Manitoba experience of preparing you. Well, you're understating it a bit. You came in there at a, th- a higher level and really seemed to improve. What kind of made that opportunity attractive for you at Carlton? Obviously, the quality of the play, was it just kind of being at home, being able to showcase yourself close to home, or was there other thought process there? Throughout my soccer career so far, I haven't really been home to, to play. So, you know, being home, playing in front of friends and family, you know, it's always nice, but it's not something that I felt oh, would make me more comfortable if I did. It was just the fact that I was also thinking, too, I always need a backup plan. You know, soccer is my number one focus, but what if something were to happen? I'd, I'd like to have a backup plan. So I, I just wanted to, you know, begin my education and being able to play, you know, soccer as well while I'm at the university was a good option. And knowing that Nationals was going to be hosted uh, in Ottawa was, you know, a decision that I really couldn't turn down because actually originally, knowing that it was hosted in Ottawa, I was like, oh, I'd be sick if we made it. I didn't realize that we have an automatic buy. So, you know, every game that I played, and because and the moment uh, we played into the semifinals and we lost the wealth, I was upset with myself. I'm like, man, now I can't play at Nationals in front of my family. I can't this and that. And everybody's like, okay, relax. Like, we we, we qualify anyways. And I'm like, okay, why didn't anybody tell me any of this stuff? You know, but I think it was good that I didn't know because I felt like there was just an added motivation to make sure that I got to where we wanted to get. And so, you know, it was positivity after that, but you know, it's unfortunate with the result that happened in the finals, but we had such a great group of guys. It was a great brotherhood and I really enjoyed it. It's almost like a little secret weapon. Just don't tell them, don't tell them that, that we get to buy, just let them grind, you know, like kind of interesting knowing that. So you initially had thought, you know, coming out of U Sports, you're, you're, you're playing for Carlton. You have the opportunity to join that 2022 CPL U Sports draft, but you ultimately withdrew and s- signed a contract with Valor FC. So obviously that's a lot of big decisions. There's a lot of change in this kind of two-year window for you during the pandemic. Like it just seems like there's a lot happening in terms of, you know, big decisions for someone who's at the beginning of their career. What was that decision-making process like and what made you want to sign with Valor? I think it was just the fact that they really showed the interest that really caught my eye. You know, we, you looked at the, the top uh, four picks and stuff like that, who was, I think, Ottawa, Edmonton, I think it was York and then Valor. I'm not too sure what, what the list was and stuff like that, but I was talking to my agent at the time and he said that it's possible that I go anywhere within two to whatever. And I said, okay, well, I'm willing to, to take that risk. You know, I, I worked hard and, you know, you know, we'll see what happens. And then before the draft uh, happened, I think two days before, whatever, uh, my agent calls me down and he tells me, okay, well, look, we have this here for you. It's a full, it's a guarantee. You don't even have to try out for the team. You know, this is something that can really, you know, help you, especially being one of the first or being the first youth sports player to sign a direct contract into the CPL instead of getting drafted and signing a full contract. So I'm like, you know, this could be an opportunity that, you know, might benefit me more. And I just decided, you know what, I think the way that Phil Dos Santos, you know, integrated me in and, you know, we had a few phone calls and I just think it was very, very positive. And so I'm like, you know what, I think this might be the right decision for me. So far, I, I think it's been good. Yeah. I mean, I 
certainly from my perspective, it's been fantastic seeing you, uh, seeing you grow here in Winnipeg. We here in Winnipeg, we, we will attach anyone who comes here from another place and go, they're playing in Winnipeg. They love our city. You know, it is that there's a certain amount of, uh, I don't know, stubbornness with, uh, with Winnipeggers that we hate where we live. We, but at the same time, we absolutely love where we live. And when we see somebody else jump in, it's, it's a lot of fun. You talked a lot about your family, you know, the, the last little bit that we've been chatting and, you know, as a Valor supporter, I often see, you know, your dad and your mom and family members active on social media, you know, showing <laughs> love for you in the club. Uh, and then you also see your family members quite often here in Winnipeg, you know, supporting you from the stands when they have the opportunity uh, you know, I've seen your dad a couple of times just losing his mind in the crowd. Just love seeing it. Um, tell us a little about your family and what it means to have their support, you know, throughout this journey to become a professional footballer. Because, you know, you see those photos when you guys went to Ottawa, you see all your friends and family there. And it just you can see the joy that you're having there when you get to play in front of them. What does it mean to have their support? You know, I think it's more so the sacrifice that, you know, my parents had to make, my sisters had to make just for me to have the opportunity to be where I am. You know, the money invested into me at, at a younger age that maybe my sisters didn't quite get. You know, I'm just, I'm very thankful for everything because I, obviously I wouldn't be anywhere if it wasn't for for them. And so it's just the fact that, you know, I've, I've had these people supporting me for, since we were young kids and stuff like that, growing up and they're like, you know what, one day when you make it, you know, you owe me this, you owe me that. And I'm like, oh, we'll see and whatnot. But, you know, it's just the fact that we have, I, or I have just, a family that's not only supportive for me, but supportive for the club, you know, whether or not I'm doing good or somebody else is doing good, they're always there to support the situation. And so I think that's the biggest part, you know, about, about my family is that it's not just an I, it's for everybody. So I think that's why it's been such a, an enjoyable ride to, you know, move across the country at such a young age to being where I am today, you know, knowing that, you know, they're just a phone call away or, you know, it's not that far away. If I have a few days off, maybe I can go see them and stuff like that. It's just, you know, it's great to know that they're there. Yeah, I, did, I had to mention that. I know it's because it's it's been really obvious online just seeing your family members shouting you out and, and retweeting the good the good moments, uh, encouraging you in the low ones. It's just it's that's really cool to see. Speaking of valor, obviously there's a really great season happening this year in terms of a valor supporter. We we've we started off, you know, hot, got cold, and now the last few weeks driving for that top four spot, the playoffs. This year for fans of the club, you know, we watched you really grow this year um, from somebody who may not have started every game to somebody who almost always starts every game. And when you're out there, you're, you're, you're quite often in the highlight package. Um, so it's showing that you're, you're really improving your game in a lot of different facets, you know, and Phil DeSantos is seeing that and trusting you obviously capped off with that goal against forge um you know up to now capped off there's still games to play but one of the goals of the year obviously um who's had the biggest impact on you throughout this year in terms of the valor organization was it other players was it the coach you know because we've seen that growth um so i'm curious you know i think it's a few of the a few of my teammates you know they regardless of me doing well or bad at the beginning, you know, there are players who have been in my ear. They let me know what I need to do better, that they're there for me to help. If I have questions, everything like that, or even the coaches as well, who have been able to give me the information I need. They're not sugarcoating anything. They're telling me exactly what they want from me, which I think has made it a lot easier for me to adapt to. Cause I'm like, okay, well, when I get the ball, just remember, okay, this is what they want me to do. Don't do my own thing. Do what they want to do. Cause once I do that, then, I think that's where there started to be a shift where it went from no games played, coming off the bench, 
to where I am today, where I'm fortunate enough to, to be starting a few games. So it's just been really nice to, you know, go up the rankings with the same people who have, you know, supported me from the lows. And now that we're at the mediums, I don't think I'm at the highs yet. And, you know, I'm working towards it. And, you know, they're there for me and they, they know the potential that I could potentially be at. And so the fact that they're pushing me every single day, I think it has really helped my growth. Yeah, I mean, we can see it. Uh, you know, I'm not certainly a football coach or a, or a scout by any means, but we, you know, if I can see the difference and I can see that growth, then you know, you're right. It's the mediums because there's way more to come. Uh, I think that you've you've that hard work, that professionalism, that you exude, which again, from a young age, is pretty amazing to see. And speaking of your family's influence, you can definitely see it. A couple of questions um, about football, and then I want to get a little know a little bit more about you before we 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 cap it off here. But what is it like playing underneath Philip uh, DeSantos? Like, what kind of manager is he like? Does he is he really on you? Is he direct? Do you have a clear understanding of where you're going every game? Because he seems like a guy who's all all details when it comes to the sideline and his actions out there. He's very direct. If you want something done, he makes sure to let you know exactly what he wants done. You know, during the game, I don't think a coach should ever be sitting down. And he's really never sitting down. I think he's the only coach who's ever standing up for almost 95 plus minutes just to make sure that, he, you know, the all the players on the field are on the, the right track. So I think, you know, being under him this year, it's been it's been pretty positive because anytime you need a little bit of advice for a certain thing, it's not really compliments or anything like that because as a professional, you don't expect compliments. But all the advice that he gives and all the information, I think, has really helped all of us, you know, as a collective. It's really interesting to hear. So last question about kind of your career, but coming into Winnipeg, knowing your agent was from here now kind of changes this question a little bit. But what was your initial, you know, thoughts on coming to Winnipeg? And what do you think of the city now after being here for a little while? See, I'd be an honest answer. Oh, honest. You got to be honest because otherwise we won't believe you. <laughs> okay. Well, when I was here in the, in the summer, it was extremely hot, you know, I just, and also I didn't have a car and I, you know, I didn't really leave my apartment much. I didn't really see much of Winnipeg, but when I did, I was kind of like, oh, this is it, you know? Yeah. But so I kind of told myself at the beginning, I'm like, okay, I'm, I don't think I'm ever coming back to Winnipeg, <laughs> but <laughs> And, and even the fact that I got here in February, when you guys had this massive blizzard and everything yeah. like that, I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I getting myself into? But now that my, my parents have shipped the car down and stuff like that, so I, I have something to get myself to and from training or to go get groceries or go to a movie or something like that, I think it's been a lot easier on me because now I'm able to see more of the city. And uh, honestly, I think it, it's no Vancouver because there's no <laughs> mountains. But I still think that there's a lot of, you know, nice things to see around here. Yeah, that's really interesting to hear, too, because it's that that is sort of the perception. I have friends and family from other parts of the country, right? And Winnipeg is always sort of that the, the butt of the jokes. I mean, we've been in the Simpsons been the butt of jokes there, too, right? So it's not unusual, but you are right. This is a city where public transit isn't great, especially when you're coming from a place like Ottawa or, you know, other cities. Um, so having a car would have probably opened up the whole world for you because it, it is truly like a bunch of country towns that just have gathered together. That's the way I always kind of look at it. And that's it because taking the bus in negative 30 degrees was not very fun, especially because I didn't pack properly. I had a Macron jacket and a, a pair of uh, white, white oh, sneakers geez. that I was wearing in negative 30. I get the training and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is not good. But hey, we figured it out. Now we got the beautiful weather right now. I you know can't complain about that. And you know, 
by the time the season's done, by the time there's a national championship around us, hopefully it'll stay like this. But uh, now I do, I do love, I love that the idea. We could just celebrate when it's warm would be ideally the way to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Last couple of questions before I uh, let you get back to your to your day. But outside of football. What do you do with your free time? I'm always interested in asking people, you know, are you you're a reader? Do you play a lot of video games? Do you, you're a cook or a gardener? Like there's lots of things that people do, uh, you know, with their time. But what is it you usually do when you're not playing football? When I'm not playing football, there's, for me, I'm one of those people, I, I don't know what to do with my time off, especially we don't get much time off. So I, as an athlete, I feel like I, I should be doing something. So whether it's going for a run, going to the gym, doing something like that. But I also had to learn how to cook at a young age as well. So I like making different creations that I see on, let's say, TikTok or YouTube or something like that. Or even my mom will send me a recipe that she made the other day for dinner because she'll send me photos. And I look at it and I'm like, okay, now you're teasing me. But then my mom will send me the recipe and I'll try to recreate it and I'll try to go off that. So, you know, I really enjoy going to movies, uh, especially with a few of my, my, my teammates as well. Uh, cooking is a big thing, but also I think recovery has been a really big thing for me, especially being here because the level from university to here is much different. After university, you know, training sessions or games, I felt like I had more, you know, less fatigue and stuff like that compared to now. So it's really just the recovery aspect, making sure I'm hydrated and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, with my time off, it's just really nice to even go for, for some walks on the street because I'm on Gordon. So, you know, there's some nice things to see on, on Fordin or Osborne Street, so you know it's not bad. Yeah, you're in a great spot. I uh, I'm biased because I, I I spent my 20s uh, in an apartment uh, on Cordon as well. So, um, <laughs> great place to live for those who aren't in Winnipeg. You know, Little Italy, Osborne Village is one of the nicer you know neighborhoods in terms of density in Winnipeg. It's a very walkable place to live. So, mm. last question: You said you're a cook. Do you have a favorite dish that you like to make yourself, or do you have a game day dish that you have a routine with? I'll give you a favorite dish and then I'll give you a, a, a game day routine dish. Sure. So my favorite dish is probably when I make uh, chicken parms from scratch with, uh, you know, angel hair pasta. That's normally a, a dish that I like to take my time with and make. But then game days, I don't know why, but I've decided that I'll make sure that I'll, I'll, I'll get my carbs in at home. So I'll have just a plain bowl of pasta with a bit of butter and then I'll go to freshie. And at Freshie, I'll just go get myself a, a Pangoa burrito or something like that. And that's my dinner. Uh, and if I'm still hungry after that, I just make sure that I replenish myself with um, Gatorade made this thing. It's called the Gatolites, which is a, an electrolyte for, for the Gatorade and stuff like that. And I'll just make sure I have one with dinner, especially with my with the, the Freshie wrap and stuff like that. So I've been trying to be consistent with that. And so far, it's actually been pretty good, I think. So... You catch that freshy, okay? You see this? You gotta sign him up when you when uh, awesome. when you need a little market. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you so much, uh, Mateo, for taking the time to chat with me today. I really do appreciate it. Um, you know, I know you have a big match coming up this weekend. You're back at home uh, against Atletico Ottawa. Another big match for Valor. It seems like we're saying that every week uh, for the last few weeks here. But um, keeping the momentum going. Wishing you the best of luck. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for your time. First, thank you so much for having me. I had fun. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Scoot Talk Sports. I really hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. You can find the podcast on Spotify or your favorite podcast app. All you've got to do is search Scoot Talk Sports. Have an idea or some feedback? Follow me on Twitter at underscore S-C-O-O-T-R. That's at underscore Scooter. And I'll be happy to chat. Until next time, stay safe and be well.